Good morning, church. Good to see you. Good to be in this place. Good to be in church. Uh, no better place to be on a Sunday morning, even on Facebook. No better place to be than in church. It's good to see you. Praise God. Uh, and I just thank God that we're able to be here today to worship him and to praise him and to glorify him and to sit under the word. Every time that uh, a word comes forth, as Pastor Reggie preaches, uh, other speakers here, you have to understand that these are timely words. I know that God, for the series that God has been given Pastor Reggie and other speakers who have uh, spoken here, they are timely words uh, for us, uh, whether for that particular day, that particular season, or down the road. But that's why it's so important to listen to the words that are spoken, the sermons that come down, uh, and, and to sometimes take notes and, uh, and keep hearing them over on the website and things like that. Why? Because they're life to us, praise God. If you may not, need, may not need that particular word now, you'll need it at a certain point, praise God, amen? Because it is life. So always just savor the words God gives here at Light of the World Church uh, through Pastor Reggie and those who speak here as well. And I pray that this will be one of those days as well. And one thing I was thinking of before we pray, one thing I was thinking of is that <clears throat> I used to ask a lot of questions because I didn't know the answers. Uh, but one thing I found out, when God asks a question, it's not that he doesn't know the answer. He knows the answer, amen? He wants us to know the answer. He wants us to, to come up with the answer. He wants us to say something. And in the Bible, he asks a lot of questions. He asks a lot of questions. Adam and Eve, remember he asked when, after they sinned, where are you? Who told you you were naked? What, what are you doing here? What have you done? And Elijah, when Elijah was hiding from Jezebel in the cave, God comes to Elijah and asks him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing? Ask him twice. What are you doing here? Not that God didn't know. But he wanted Elijah to come up with that answer. He, I remember when we read Job, God asked Job so many questions when Job questioned and his friends questioned what God was doing. God says, where were you, Job, when I laid the foundations of the world? And if you read all those chapters, there's so many questions. Where were you when I set the bounds of the sea? Where were you? When he asked the apostles one day when they were asking about who Jesus was, he said to them, who do you say that I am? See, he knew who he was. He wanted them to, to come up. Who do you say that I am? So he asked the questions. That woman who was being condemned in the, in the affair when the, they wanted to stone her after Jesus interceded, he asked the woman, where are your accusers now? He wanted her to come up with the answer. Where are they now? Remember with the woman who had the issue of blood, who, touched his, uh, who was healed after he, uh, she touched his clothes, and he says, who, who touched me? Well, he knew who touched him, but he wanted that woman just to stand there and admit that it was me. He asked the apostles, who then is a faithful and wise steward? He asked that question. He asked after he stilled the storm on the sea, he asked his apostles, why are, why are you so fearful? Why, why did you doubt? And he asked Saul, who soon became Paul one time when he, on that road to Damascus, why are you persecuting me? See, Jesus asked those questions, not because he doesn't know the answer, but what do we say to questions he asks us? And I want to talk about today a, a question that he asked us in an Old Testament story that has so much New Testament light to it. But before we do, let's pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that we could be here today to be together as a family, God, as a church, as brothers and sisters in fellowship, God, to come and praise you and glorify you, God, exalt you today, put you in high places today, Lord God. Father, to sing the songs we sang to you today, God, because we love you, God to sit under your word, God, that we can grow and know you more, Lord God, and be there with each other. Father, thank you, God. We don't want to take one service, one sermon, one time together for granted, Lord God. But, Father, we say thank you today. So, Lord, I just pray, God, as we speak, Lord God, 
And as you've been doing, even in our praise and worship, God, that you open our ears, open our hearts, open, God, our minds to, to what you want us to know today, to what you want us to see today, Lord God. Let us see you more clearly than ever before. Let us understand you better, God. Let us know you more, Lord God, by our praise, by worshiping you, and by the word today, Lord God. So, Father, unblock every ear, unblock every heart, Lord God. Start to break up that fallow ground, God, that we could receive all those things that you have for us today, Lord God, because we love you, Lord God, and because we know how much that we are loved, Lord God. Father, thank you for a good day, a beautiful day in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. There's a story in the Old Testament, one of my favorite stories, that asks a question that we'll answer hopefully today. Uh, but it's a story, uh, especially when we don't know which way to go. Have you ever been in a situation where you don't know what to do? Anybody? Yeah, me, raise my hands, my toes, everything. And sometimes you just have no idea what to do, and you're in a situation. Uh, and I want to speak about today, about this Old Testament story. The scene is this. The place is, is Samaria, Old Testament, 2 Kings 7. We'll turn there in a second. And, and, and there's a story there where the, the city, Samaria, is being besieged by the Syrians. And the Syrians were pretty mean people. They, they began a famine there. They tried to starve the people out. And if you read that, which we'll touch base in a second, terrible things were going on in that city. There was a famine. There was no food. They even started to do things like cannibalism and, and eat birds' dung and all this stuff. And it was just a terrible, terrible time. Uh, and the situation repeats that there were some people standing outside the gate. There were these four leprous men who were standing outside the gate. But even in the middle of this, all this crazy stuff going on, the, word was about, the, God, excuse me, the Lord was about to take care of his people. And so God gave a word. So if you want to turn in the Bibles uh, to 2 Kings chapter 7, even in the middle of all this famine, all this hard stuff, all this stuff going on, the Lord had a word. He was going to take care of his people. And his word was this. In 2 Kings chapter 7, right in verse 1, the word of God says, And Elisha, the prophet, said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus say the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a saya of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two sayas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. In other words, you're saying there'll be a whole bunch of food tomorrow. And that was a word from God. Now, there was nothing there. There was famine. People were dying. But God gave a promise. So when God gives a promise, he has a very, very unique way of delivering his promise. Don't box God in about how he's going to work in your life. Don't think he's going to do this because he's done it before or you're going to figure it. You can't figure him out, praise God, because he's so much bigger than we could ever think, praise God. He is faithful. He is true. He will fulfill every promise, fulfill every word, but let him be God and have faith in him. God, you do it your way, Lord God. Because sometimes we try to box him in and figure, well, God, if you do this and God, if you do that, I can see this and that. And, 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 and usually he does things to blow that theory out of the water. Trust him. He knows how to fulfill that promise to you. Let him be God. Don't try to figure it out. You try to figure it out. That's probably the reason why you got in a problem in the first place. You try to figure everything out and do this and do that. Trust God. So here's a famine in Samaria. Uh, the Syrians are attacking and uh, they're about to, the city's about to destroy it. And here's a scenario. I love these guys. Outside the camp, there are four leprous men and they're sitting there. Outside the camp, they're starving too. And, and I want to read this story to you. So uh, as Pastor Reggie started a, a tradition here, let's all stand for the reading of God's word. And I want to read God's word right now from 2 Kings 7. We'll have it up on the screen. Let's stand for that word. <clears throat> and I'm going to just read this story, then we'll get right into it, okay? Starting in verse 3, 2 Kings 7. 
excuse me, verse 3. Now there were four, and I'll be reading out the New King James. There were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, and here's a question we're going to answer today. Why are, why are we sitting here until we die? That is so profound. He, they said, if we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we also die. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused, I love that, for the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. So therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses, their donkeys, they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went in one tent and ate and drank and carried it in silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And they came back and entered a, another tent and carried some of there also and went and hid it. But they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a good day of good news and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. So now therefore come, let us go now and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, we were at the Syrian camp, and surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound, only the horses and donkeys tied and the tents intact. And the gatekeepers, gatekeepers called out and told it to the king's household. So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. They're, therefore, they've gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and, and get into the city. And one of the servants answered and said, please, let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. And look, they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed, I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Therefore, they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, go and see. And they went after them to the Jordan, and indeed all the road was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king. In verse 16, And then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a seah of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley uh, for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Amen. Be seated. What, a, what an amazing story, isn't that? God fulfilled his promise. How did he do it? I love these four guys that God used to change a whole city, that God used not only to bring food, but to bring life back to a dead place. So here you got the word of God said, they, these four guys sitting in front of the gate and they had a conversation among themselves. And here's one guy, the first guy, who always asks the questions. He's always sitting there. Ever get those people who just always ask the questions, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What's happening here? What's going on here? This is one of the guys. And his question was, why are we sitting here until we die? He's just sitting at the gate. Why are we sitting here? Just, you know, why are we sitting here until we die? And it sparked a conversation with the other three guys. And the second guy was next to him and says, Yeah, he says, Well, listen, if we go back into the, into the city, we're going to die there. The pessimist. If we go back in the city, we're, we're going to die there. We can't go into the city. We're going to die there. Yeah, you're right. Third guy comes up with things and says, Listen, we can't stay here. 
We can't just stay where we are. We can't just do nothing and sit here and, and think something's going to happen. And, 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 and well, I don't know. We, we just can't stay here. I don't know what to do. And I love the fourth guy. The fourth guy is, a, is the radical guy. The fourth guy is the idea man. The fourth guy goes, hey, I got an idea. Let's do this. <clears throat> Let's take a shot. Let's go forward. Let's go into the Syrian camp. Hey, listen. Worse is going to happen. They kill us, we die. We're going to die in the city. We're going to die here. But there's a chance maybe we'll get a sandwich or something, maybe get a meatball sub before we die, and, and maybe they'll feed us, and, and maybe we got a shot. Let's go forward. Wow. I love those radical thinkers that kind of think out of the box and, and don't limit the things that are in front of them. So many times we get held down by our circumstances and we forget that, wait a minute, we have a great God. We have a good God. And they didn't settle for the way things were. They could have easily done that. It was bad news. And I'm not uh, uh, minimizing the situation that they were in. They were in a tough place. Famine and they were leprous and they were dying. They, were, they had leprosy. They were dying. But I love that question that came up in them. Why, why are we sitting here until we die? That's the title of my message today. Why, why are you sitting here? Why are we sitting here? So much time is going by so quickly. So many people going by us so quickly. <clears throat> and yes, some circumstances in life are horrendous. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We face hard and tough things. Yes, we do. And some people have it resolved that... <clears throat> I'm held back by my past. Like they said, they, they, they couldn't go back in the cities because there was nothing in the past for them. See, there's nothing in your past for you. There are so many people that are held back by our past. There's so many people that are held back by the, the city we just came out of. Some maybe not so nice things, maybe how we were treated like these lepers. These lepers were, were treated pretty bad. They were abandoned. They were rejected. They were isolated. They were ignored. They were offended. They probably got things thrown at them. And, but see, there was nothing in the past back in the city for them. And see, if we're going to go on with the things of God, that means we've got to understand and ask ourselves the same question. Why am I sitting here? What's holding me back from going on in the things of God? What about my past is holding me back? Maybe, maybe my guilt, my shame, my mistakes, my failures. Maybe the things that people said, how I was treated, maybe I can't shake that. It's still a part of me. I want to go on to the things of God, but, but I'm, 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 I'm burdened by all this heaviness of my, of my past, and it just ties me down, like, like feeling, I'm feeling captive to my past. And, and sometimes we want to go forward, but we haven't gotten up. Because why? Maybe there's so many things in our past that kind of just, just slow us down. Our past, we can't go back there. Maybe all that stuff, and... Even if we have repented from some things in our past, <clears throat> if you don't allow God's forgiveness and grace to fill you, then you allow his grace to come to nothing. We've all blown it, amen? We've all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we've all had past things that we'd like to forget about and do. But, but when we come to God repented with a truly repentant heart, he forgives and sets us free from the power and control of our past, praise God. Oh, yes, he ha we have the grace to deal with situations that our past has brought up. But we're not bound. We're not, we're, we're not in captivity to our past. We're not in captivity to the things of, of before. Why? Because God's grace. God's forgiveness. Are you receiving his grace? Or are you nullifying his grace by just feeling sorry for yourself and just <clears throat> saying, I can't get loose? No, don't, don't nullify what he's doing. Receive that grace. 
Receive that forgiveness. Receive that, that love that, that makes us get up, praise God. And the other guy said, well, <clears throat> we, 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 can't, we can't stay here. So many of us are, are just immobilized by fear and immobilized by, by, by the what ifs. Well, what if I get up and go? What if this doesn't happen? What if that person doesn't do this? What if and we get so held back in place by the, the what ifs. I've learned to replace the what ifs by God will, praise God. God, as I step forward and go forward, God, in your will, God, in your way, God, you will order my steps, God. You will work things out. But if you get caught in the what ifs, you ain't going anywhere. If you get caught in all the what ifs, what if this happens, what if that happens, what if she doesn't do that, what if he doesn't do that, what if, then you're going to be immobilized just like these, these lepers were. And this third guy just came up and said, well, we, we, we can't just stay here. See, some of you have been in the same place for 20 years. Some of you haven't grown in 10 years. You plateaued to a certain level of faith <clears throat> because some things have just held you back and held you down. And God said, no, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to be free from the past. It's time to be free from being immobilized by fear and the things that just, just how can I say, just, just had you saturated where you are. And God is saying, no, there's a life I have before you. Yeah, but God, look at where I'm coming from. Look at my past. Look at where I'm now. God says, that's okay. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward in the, <clears throat> in the things of God. I love the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 11. The winter is past. The rain is over and gone. How about you? As far as our past, is the winter gone? Yeah. Is the rain gone and done? Yes, yes. God is doing a new thing. He wants to bring such life in, into our hearts and to, to life and to the ministry that he has for us. And we can't just be like those lepers. You just stay where we are, be mobilized by despair, depression, discouragement, self-pity. I mean, self-pity, we always got to keep it right where you're at. When we start to feel sorry for ourselves. Listen, God is a God of compassion, but I know him not to be a God of self-pity. He has great compassion and care. But watch out that self-pity stuff. Oh, man, what was me? Or... Or, or you don't know what I'm dealing with. Hey, everybody's dealing with something. Everybody's going through something. Everybody's got their own spiritual battles. Everybody's going through something, praise God. But they couldn't stay there immobilized by that. They had a hope and trust, and the only way was going forward. Just like God said to Moses when the Israelites were at the Red Sea, tell your people, go forward. Go forward Where? Just go forward. Start walking. How can I go forward? There's no way. I don't see a clear path right now. Start walking. Start to be willing to leave the past behind and to get up from where you've been sitting in that same place for so long and say, God, I'm going forward, and I'm not going to get into the what is God. I'm going to get into the God will. God will lead me. God will take care of me. God will fix these problems. God will do this. I will go forward in him, praise God, <clears throat> because he's a good God. See, Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 24 says, there was a people that, <clears throat> that didn't listen. They followed their own stubborn inclinations of their own heart, and they went backward and not forward. Wow, some of us have been going backward for a long time, but we don't realize it. I believe with all my heart, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. I really believe that. If you're not going forward, you're going backwards in the things of God. I think God wants to stir our hearts today. He says, Where, why are you sitting here until you die? What's your purpose? What's your vision? 
What, what are you doing for the things of God? Or are you caught in the past? Or are you just caught staying the same way you are? How come we're not, we're not going forward? Have we, have we lost that enthusiasm for God that maybe we had when we first got saved? Have we lost that excitement and zeal for the things of God that when we would read his word and the, and the, word and the, the life would just pop off that page and, and we couldn't stop telling somebody about Jesus Christ and about what he's done for us? It's been so amazing. Where, where is that heart for God? Have we gotten so settled in in front of the gates of Samaria and we've gotten caught in the famine of the word of God. We got caught in the famine of zeal. We got caught in the famine of having a heart for Christ and all of a sudden it, it feels like things are so numb in our life. What happened to that, that, that spiritual punch? What happened to that life of God, that, that abundant life that we read about? Are we living that abundant life? And I'm not demeaning anybody's problems, no. But even in the worst of situations, we've got a God. We've got a God who can do miracles, praise God. We've got a God who can walk through this fire with us, praise God, who will never let us alone. We've got a God who loved us on that cross, praise God. What's holding it back? What have you lost? What have you given up? And sometimes I can remember there have been times in my life where I felt like one of those four lepers sitting in front of the gate. Where I sit here until I die. I can't go forward. can't stay here. I got, excuse me, can't go back, but I got to go forward in things of God. See, we don't know how God is going to work everything out. We don't know that. That's why we have faith. God, I believe you. God, I trust you. I trust you, God. I don't know how it's all going to work out, Lord God. I, I, I don't know, God. I pray we do that, but God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going forward, God. God, give me my heart back, God. Give me my fight back, Lord God. I'm not just going to sit here until I die, Lord God. Give me that vision back. Give me that heart back. So here got these wonderful four lepers, and, and they believed there was a time to step up. See, there's a time to step back and, and, and let God be God, and God's going to do certain things. Absolutely. But there's a time where in our faith that he wants us to get up and go forward in the things of God and, and not get caught in our past, not just sit here until we die, but to go forward in faith and, and, and ministries for the Lord and, 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 and telling people about the Lord. And sometimes he says, okay, you get up, just like uh, when they were about to cross the Jordan River, uh, not Moses, but with Joshua. How were they going to cross that Jordan River? Well, years ago, Moses opened up that Red Sea. No big deal. They walked right through. Here they are at the Jordan River now, about to go through with Joshua as their commander. And what does God say? Wherever you put your foot, I'll open up the water. Put your foot in the water first. See, there were some there, they were waiting just like the old days in the Red Sea. Okay, God, open up. You go first, God. I'll follow. You go first, God. You go first. Go ahead. And they were just sitting there and nothing was going on. And God said, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Now things are a little bit different now. That was good back then. That was needed back then. But what's needed now is you got to get up and put your foot in the water. And I'll follow through and I'll open up that Jordan, praise God. But sometimes we get like the lepers. We sit here until we die. Can't go back, can't stay here. And God said, no, put your foot in the Jordan. God says, go forward. God says, just take that step of faith. Take that step of faith. Just take that step of faith. <clears throat> what did Jesus say to the man with the withered hand? Stretch it out to me. Stretch it out to me. See, some, some, God is trying to stretch a whole lot of us. But sometimes we got our hand in the pocket thinking that God's going to heal that withered hand in our pocket. And he says, no, you stretch it out. God's trying to stretch your faith. God's trying to stretch your life. God doesn't want you sitting in front of the, uh, the gates just waiting for the famine to take you over. No, stretch it out to God. Why do you think God put you in some situations? To hurt you? No. To build your faith. To stretch it out. What can you believe God for? What family members can you believe God for? What miracles can you believe God for? 
What strength inside can you believe God for? Stretch it out to God. As Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, be willing to get up and leave like Abraham did. Abraham, go, leave your country, start walking. Imagine that. Start walking, Abraham. His wife goes, where are we going? I have no idea. When are we going to get there? I have no idea. How are we going to get there? I have no idea. But I know God has something for us on the other end of this. I know God has something for us. And we can't just sit here until we die. We can't just go even back into the city. There's no place for us except to go forward, praise God. Amen. Peter, why don't you step out of the boat? Come. Yeah, but Lord, water can't. Peter, step out of the boat. See, Peter had to step out of that boat before that miracle came. And sometimes the worst place you could have ever been in for him was to stay in that boat. That was the most dangerous and worst place if he stayed in that boat. The best place for Peter was on that water. Why? Because God told him to come. Was it scary? I'm sure it was. Was a lot of stuff going through Peter's mind? Yeah. What if I drown? What if I go under? What if I can't swim to shore? All the what ifs. But he had one word from Jesus, come. And it was that word that held him up. That word will hold you up when you step out in faith. That word will hold you up when you stop getting used to just sitting where you are and letting all the years and months and time go by. And we've lost that heart for the things of God. Oh, remember what he told Joshua? Joshua, march around the city seven times. Go, go. It doesn't make sense. It's a, that's a big city, Jericho. It doesn't make sense. God says, I'm not, I'm not about them. I'm about faith and obedience. Obey me and watch what I do. Have faith in me and watch what I do in your life. And we know the story. They marched around seven times and those walls came down. We know that. Oh, remember, remember Gideon. God told Gideon, get those pictures, put the torch in the picture, Gideon. And when you're ready, break those torches and shine the light and you'll win the day. Are you kidding? What kind of game plan is that, Lord God? Put a torch in the pitcher and break the pitcher and the army will run. And then, you, Come on, God, are you kidding? God goes, no, I'm not kidding. See, it takes faith to have those steps out in God. Hey, David. Yes, Lord. Get one of those five stones. Why don't you sling it at the giant? Oh, come on, Lord. He's, been a, he's 10 feet tall. He's got armor. He's got the whole thing. I mean, the whole army. Throw the, throw the stone, David. Yeah, but Lord, I... I, I Sling the stone, David. See, some of us, our stone's been on a sling for about five years now. And God's been asking you to step out in faith and throw that faith. Trust God with it. Trust him. Trust him in prayer. Trust him in faith. See, the problem is we try to rationalize the things of God. Well, how's that going to work, Lord God? Well, if I do this, that doesn't seem to be do this, and do that, blah, blah, blah. And all the what-ifs come. What if the giant doesn't fall, oh God? I'm going to be made like a fool, God. What if the prayer doesn't work? What if that person's not healed, oh God? What if the miracle doesn't happen, oh God? God says, you trust me. Hey, Noah, you build that ark. Build that ark, Noah. What's an ark? Build that ark, Noah. Build the ark, Noah. Okay, 120 years. Building arks. Building arks. Elijah, build that altar. And when you build that altar, I want you to put a lot of water around it and get the bull and do all that stuff, and I want you to take care of that. Okay, Lord. And we know the rest of the story. We know the rest of the story. 
See, the lepers weren't going to wait for death to overtake them. They had to go forward, not knowing exactly what was going on. And they were not going to let the what if stop them. Have we asked ourselves, the reason why I'm not doing this is what if this doesn't happen? Is the reason why we're not sharing the gospel more or praying more or getting more fervent heart? What is, is, is what if this doesn't work? What, what, if, what if I fail? What if, what, what if I can't make it? What if this? What if that? See, the lepers took a chance. They said, listen, we're not going to sit here until we die. There's got to be something more for us. There's got to be something more than what we're experiencing right now. This can't be normal Christianity. There is no such thing as normal Christianity. There's got to be the life and power of God in everything that we do. So here come the four lepers, right? They say, listen, they followed the advice of the fourth guy, the radical guy. Let's go to the Syrian camp. Let's walk about three, four miles through the desert, and let's go to the Syrian camp right now. So here they go. They get up. Now, remember, their bodies are broken. You know, they're not in good health like, like we are in Pastor Edges. You know, their bodies are broken. So here they are walking, and they're going through the desert really slow. It's hot. They're starving. They're dry. They don't feel like going forward, but they know they have to go forward. And the Word of God says something amazing in verse 6 and 7. If you could turn there in your Bibles in 2 Kings 7. In chapter 6, the Word of God says, For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and horses and a great army. Look what God did. Wait a minute. Look what God did with four guys who had no idea what they were going to be doing but because they took that step of faith and wasn't going to just sit there and let death overtake them, because they moved forward, God somehow amplified their footsteps in sand. And anybody try to be loud in sand, you can't do it. It's not like tap shoes, all right? You don't hear nothing, all right? And what they did was they walked in there, and, and the word of God said, God caused. Look at that. God did something. God responded to their walk. God responded to their faith. God responded to their going forward, praise God. And he made the sound of their feet in the sand sound like a big army. And the Syrians were there, and they go, oh, no, we got to get out of here. Why? The Samaria, they must have hired all the Hittites and went out. They're going to come and kill us. Let's get out of here. And they all ran. They didn't even take another bite of anything. They left their horses, the food, and they ran out. Here come the four lepers. They come over the hill. Army, we're here. Hello? Hello? Anybody? We're ready to die. Just kill us. Hello? Hello? They look at each other. What are we going to do? I don't know. But I smell clams. I smell paella. I smell lasagna. I smell, I smell. And they start to walk and they realize nobody's there. God caused the Syrians to be so afraid. They all ran. What God can't, will you stop limiting God? He can do anything according to his will and wonders, praise God, in your life. Let's see, you got to own that. you got to own that. Yes, you could do that for me, God, in your way, in your will, Lord God. 
and they come up and they, <clears throat> and they start to see everything was there. They get gold, they get silver, one-tenth full of silver, one-tenth full of gold. One-tenth is full of these beautiful clothes, all these nice Gucci clothes and Ralph Lauren hats and got the whole thing and, and all the dread. They put them out and they eat. They ate all the stuff. They're having meatball subs. They're having spaghetti. They're, it's all over them. They're really so good and they're doing wonderful. And they sat back and the bellies were full going, oh, man, we are blessed. We are blessed of the Lord. That prosperity message must work. We're doing really good. We're just wonderful right now. And the bellies are full. They're hanging out and doing all this stuff. And they're getting fat and something happens. Something happens. Something goes on. I think it had to be that fourth leper again, the radical guy. He goes, hey, guys, wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. It's not right. There's something not right here. We're so blessed, and this is such a day of good news, and we're keeping it all to ourselves. How can that be? It says if we don't say something, some kind of punishment, some kind of thing is going to happen to us, let us not wait for daylight, because it was nighttime then. Let us not wait for daylight. We got to go back to the city. We got to go back. First guy said, what? No, we, 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 we got to go back. And I love what they said. This is a day of good news. Have we forgotten that we live in days of good news despite what's going on in the world? We have good news. Why? We've got the word of God. We've got his presence, praise God. We got his word, praise God. These are days of good news in the middle of all hell breaking out out there. These are days of good news. Sometimes we lose sight of that because we get so focused on what's going on in the world. And we lose sight of the fact that, wait a minute, I've got the good news of Jesus Christ in my heart, praise God. I know him, praise God. That's why you can't get down about what's happening in the world. Yes, it's horrendous. Yes, it's terrible. Is God in full control? Absolutely. But you can't get so down where you forget about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that brings life, abundant life, hope and joy and peace and strength in the face of all the hell going on out there. But they said, listen, this is the day of good news. Have you lost sight of that in your life? Come on now, I love it. We're all in this together. Have you lost sight of, right now, today's a good day of good news. I know we're going through hell. I know that. But we're not alone. We're not alone. You've got Christ. You've got his word, his promises, his presence, praise God. And he said, these are days of good news. And he says, we're keeping it to ourselves. Oh, there's a tragedy right there. This is a day of good news, and God has blessed us, and we're doing good, but I'm keeping it to myself. Let the Holy Spirit convict us with that. But I'm keeping it to myself. See, Christianity, to be truly Christianity, has got to be expressed and shared and exposed. Christianity is just not unto itself. Christianity, the things of God, has got to be shared. It's got to be spoken about by the power, the living power of the gospel. And some of us, including myself sometimes, have kept it to ourselves. Have kept it to ourselves. We're not sharing that powerful gospel the way we need to. We're not, we're not telling others maybe who are lost and who are dying to maybe the degree that we need to where it becomes our life, 
Our conviction, praise God. Our reason for living, our purpose, our vision. That's what Christianity is all about. God, I've got to share the good news you gave me, Lord God. However, wherever, that's up to the Holy Spirit, how we lead you. But we've got to have a heart that says, something's not right here. God has blessed me so much. And I'm living in a day of good news. Even though I'm going through some situation, I have the good news of God. I can't keep it to myself. And what they decided to do was amazing. What they decided to do was to go back and not hide it anymore. And they couldn't wait for daylight. See, sometimes we wait for things to be okay before we share God's word. Sometimes we wait for something to happen or, or an open door or how we feel. And God says, no, there's no time to wait around. Get out there. There's no time to wait right now. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Those coworkers, those family members, what are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? Not to, not to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because God has blessed us so much that sometimes we get lost in what we're doing. We get so self-focused. And God wants to bless us. Yes. But that's not why you're here. God will bless you. God will take care of you. God will use you. God will uh, 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 give you great success in many things. But the heart of who we are is, I've got to share this gospel. Why? He blessed me. I deserved to be a leper sitting at that gate starving. But he took me out of that, picked me up, turned me around, washed me out, and gave me new life. That's why we're sitting here today. We've got that new life of Christ, praise God. Oh, Lord Jesus. See, sometimes God may be asking you, go back. Not to who used to be, not to anything like that. But I believe there's some people that we've passed by that we need to go back and share the gospel. We need to go back, just like they went back to the city. Maybe some people in our family, maybe neighbors, conversation we've had where maybe God is bringing some people to your, your memory right now where you had situations to speak with them, but for some reason we didn't. God's saying, go back to this one. Go back, go back to this one. And just open your mouth and I'll fill it. Because these are days of good news. These are days of good news. Go back. After Jesus died on the cross, Peter went back to fishing. Jesus restored him. And what did he tell Peter? You got to go back to Jerusalem, Peter. You got to go back there. Peter was going fishing. He would have nothing to do with stuff. But he said, I, I, I'm going fishing. But he said, no, no, no. You got to go back, Peter. Back to Jerusalem. And that's where I'll meet you. Just as the Lord said. Music ministry, you can come up, please. See, Luke 12, 48 says, to, to whom much is given, much of him will be required. See, there's so much at stake, my people. How will God use us to bless others? You know what's so amazing? I wrote this down. God will not only do, excuse me, not only what God will do for you, but it's what God will do in you so he can work with you to do great things through you. I want to read that one more time. It's what God will do for you. It's what he will do in you so he can work with you to do great things through you, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And the answer is when the four lepers went back to that city, Samaria. They went back there, and they told the king and everybody, to make a long story short, they didn't believe him at first, but they sent out some people, and they found out that, yes, it's true. And the whole city was fed. 
The famine was over. The Syrians were defeated. And God saved the city. How did he do that? Remember his first promise way back? A shekel of corn will we'll sell for this. He used four guys, four lepers, who in the natural had nothing going for them, but they got up from where they were. They started walking forward. And boy, what God did with a people who's willing to go forward. What God did for a people who's willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. A whole city was saved. And I ask myself sometimes, why sit here till I die, Lord God? What about my purpose, my vision, Lord God? There's people dying all around us. All, we, we, we know. We don't have to say that. We know. But God, use me, God. Use me, God. Give me, give me boldness to speak God's word, Lord God. Give me boldness, God, to, to share the gospel. If i got to go back to somebody, God, whatever it may be, God, you, use me, Lord God. Why? Could you put the good news in me, God? I am blessed, God. I'm like those lepers in those, in those tents, God. <clears throat> we, 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 we have so much. We are so blessed. We really are. Even in our darkest day, God is with us. We have answers. We have his presence. We're never alone, praise God. But we can't keep it to ourselves. Not in these days when the world is crumbling. Not in these days when all those around us are lost in the darkness. And maybe God will use you to shed light. Oh, God will do the saving and fixing. He'll do all that. But maybe he'll use you. Remember when someone came to you? Wow, think for a second. How'd you get saved? What happened? You know, we don't have that time to share those stories, but, but what happened? When, was somebody praying for you? Probably. Did someone take a chance to offend you and speak to you about Jesus Christ? Yeah. How'd you get? You're here because someone spoke to you. Someone prayed for you. There were maybe some lepers that got up and went forward, and, and you were in their way, and they came back to your city, and they spoke to you. Oh, I know how it would happen to me. I, was, I wasn't looking for God. I know that, but I had a good friend who just kept on coming, kept on coming, kept on coming, even though I would literally just physically push him away. Just kept on coming, praise God. See, maybe some people need you to keep on coming. Don't be so easily pushed away. Be respectful, but don't be so easily pushed away. Stick with it in love. Stick with it in love. And God will change just like he changed Samaria. God will change our city. God will change your family. I believe that. God can change so many things by people who's willing to go forward. How about you? How about you? You willing to go forward? I want to pray for two things as we close today. I want to pray. And I'm going to ask the uh, Pastor Reggie and the uh, deacons to come up and pray. And uh, we're going to form a line. Usher's Okay and pray for you individually. We're going to pray for, for two things today. We're going to pray. One, Lord, if there's anything in my past that's holding me back that I need to let go of, God, help me to let go of it, Lord God. See, something needs to die before you have the life of what God has for you. So let our first prayer be this, okay? We're going to pray for you. Lord, what in my past has got to go, Lord God? There's something I've got to let go of, Lord God. I, I, I can't, there's something I've got to let go of, Lord God. And come up, and we're going to pray for you with that. Amen? Praise God. And the second thing we're going to pray for is, Lord God, give me boldness to go forward, God. God, give me boldness to speak your word, God. Give me boldness, God, to maybe go back to somebody, Lord God. Give me your boldness, Lord God, to, to go where I need to go, Lord God. And give me that strength. Give me that boldness to share your word, Lord God. Why? You bless me so much, Lord Jesus. And God, I'm not going to sit here anymore until we die, Lord God. 
I'm not going to do that, Lord. I ain't going back in the city. I'm not just going to stay here, God. I'm getting up, Lord God. I'm not going to plateau my faith. I'm getting up, Lord God. And Father, through your strength, through your urging, Lord God, I'm going forward, God. And God, I'm not going to get caught in the what-ifs, but I'm just going to say, God will. God will, praise God. God will, praise God. Are you okay with that call? Everybody understand those two things, okay? And this is the day of going forward. And God's going to do great things. Why? Because there's some city, some people he wants to set free. Guess who he's going to use? You and me. You and me. You and me, praise God. Can we give him a praise right now and just say thank you to him right now? Amen. So I'm going to ask the music ministry to play. I'm going to ask you, if that's you, if you want prayer, I'm going to ask the leadership to come up, and I'll pray as well. Get out of your seat and come up and, and pray one of these two things. Lord, there's something in my past, oh God, i got to let go of God, whether it's fear, my guilt, God, whatever it may be, Lord God. God, help me to let it go, God. And in addition to that, Lord Jesus, God, give me a boldness, God, to share your word, Lord God. God, that's what my life is all about. Give me that boldness in Jesus' name, God, to share that word, God. Because a whole lot of cities to be, to be saved, praise God. Amen? So I want to ask you that question. Have you settled in outside the gates? Have you asked yourself why you're sitting here? Have you lost sight of the wonders and miracles and excitement of Jesus Christ? Have you stopped expecting those miracles? Have you neglected our greatest salvation and our love for Christ? Today, God, transform me. Transform me, Lord Jesus. Give me, give me that life back, Lord God. And Father, help me, God, to let go of what I need to let go of, God. And show me, Lord God, the path to go forward, Lord Jesus. And let me share your word with a great boldness in Jesus' name. If that's you, I want you to get back out of your seat. Line up in the center rod right now. Praise God. Amen. And as the music plays, we will pray this for you and we will pray together. But if that's you, don't let why sit here to a die. Keep you in your seat. If you need to get up, come and get up and we will pray for you right now in Jesus' name. Amen.